Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of Jewel. Hi, Em. Zenday and this light pink Valentino. No, Em. She is truly to die for. This is, I think, one of my favorite ever. I mean, the thing with Zendaya is that she doesn't let us rest. Like here she is at the NAACP Image Awards in that green and black Kim Possible inspired gown, which I already thought was going to be my favorite of this award season. And then boom, she hits us at the SAG Awards in this gorgeous light pink Valentino. Like it's a lot to handle. I mean, and don't forget about the two-piece white Prada from yesterday as well. I mean, and here's the thing, though. It's so funny because we're saying these looks are back-to-back and she doesn't let us rest. She let us rest since September. Her last time on the red carpet was September 2022 at the Emmys. But what I find so funny about that is it wasn't that long ago, and yet everyone's anticipated this like big return to the, to the red carpet as if we've had so much time without her. That's how impactful every single red carpet look she does is. I get it though. I crave her fashion presence in a serious way, which I should also mention the SAG Awards are happening as we're recording this. So we're not going to really discuss them other than some standout fashion moments. But I think hands down, she's number one. Can I tell you, I think that my number two best dressed is going to be Jennifer Coolidge in that black St. Laurent. I knew you were going to love that headband. How? Could you not? No, I get it. I also feel like if I was going to categorize Jennifer Coolidge as an accessory, I think I would choose a headband because they're just fun, flirty, youthful. I don't know. No one's mad at a headband. Yes. Keep listing adjectives for me. (laughs) Andrew Garfield and Valentino. Um, I'm not being dramatic when I tell you I don't think I'm ready. No, I get it. That is one strikingly handsome man. I actually feel like I would have, as shocking as this is to say, an easier time talking about Austin Butler and Maroon Gucci than I would being able to talk about Andrew Garfield right now. Austin Butler in Maroon Gucci was not doing it for me in the way that it was doing it for you. I don't know. I think I'm alone in that. 
shocking. Do you, do you know why? Do you, do you have any insight <laughs> into such a crazy statement? I don't know. I typically see him and feel very drawn. There was just something about it that wasn't doing it for me. My other top was Kate Blanchett in that Versace gown. This was a recycled dress she initially wore it in 2016 at the Costume Designers Guild Awards, and she kind of repurposed it in this new way. I thought she looked breathtaking. I really am liking this this red carpet that we're seeing. Jenna Ortega in that 94 Versace, Nisi Nash in the yellow Vera Wang, Cara Delevingne in that black Carolina Herrera. I was going to say, doesn't Cara look incredible? Yeah, she really did the damn thing. And it was very redeeming given that the most recent reference point of a red carpet I have in my mind is the Megan the Stallion disaster one. So this feels like a really strong comeback. Big redemption arc here. Mm-hmm. You know when um, in Shit's Creek that obviously – the famous line from it where Moira Rose says, you know, what's your favorite season? And she says a word season. I know that's become a very overused line. However, when I watch all of these red carpet looks, when I'm seeing award show after award show and red carpet after red carpet, I'm like, they were in their fucking bag with that line. Also, one of my favorite parts of award season is when we'll post like a long story with a bunch of tweets, a bunch of photos from the night, and you just see how unbelievably horny people are. (laughs) Our followers are going fucking feral over Andrew Garfield. And who can blame them? Not me. (laughs) One thing about me, you will never catch me blaming someone for going feral over Andrew Garfield. Or Jake Dylan or Chris Evans or Channing Tatum. I was going to say, don't don't you guys think that we're not going to talk about Magic Mike after our whole discussion last week? We'll get to that after the Selena, Haley, Kylie stuff. I know that that's taking precedent here, but we'll, we'll cool down with that after the fact. A cool down is going to be necessary. Absolutely. All right. You want to get into this Selena, Haley situation? I, I really do, actually. <laughs> I was going to say, do you? Because I don't. Like, I know we have to, of course. Obviously, you can't have a pop culture podcast and not talk about this whole thing that has taken off last week. I guess I just feel that it is a narrative so primarily driven by fan engagement, so much less so than any of these key players actually making moves, that it's almost a little bit frustrating that it's become what it's become. The reason that I'm excited to talk about it is because I feel a certain amount of frustration behind it. And I I don't know why, like it does not involve me. I have nothing to do with it. But there's a sense of frustration I felt watching this all go down and the way that people were really, I think, misconstruing this entire story. Well, what I think is kind of odd about the whole thing, no matter who your allegiance is to, if you have one, in my opinion, no one involved comes out looking better than they did going in. You know, like it's just this whole thing that got spun totally out of proportion. And then you, by nature of even being in it, look messier than you did beforehand. Yeah. I mean, totally. And that's what happens when these things take on a life of their own, especially when the root of it is didn't call for this. No, and let's get into it. We'll go through the series of events and then we'll kind of discuss some theories. I also want to mention, let's say you listen to 10 different pop culture podcasts. Everyone, for the most part, is going to deliver you the same information in terms of what happened chronologically. But I do think people have really different takes on this. You know, our, our opinions are Definitely not the end-all be-all, but to a certain extent, this shit is subjective. So where you end up may not be where we end up. We'll present you with the facts. We'll tell you how we feel. But you know, it kind of does, I, I think, depend a little bit on your thoughts going in. Yeah, of course, because I think there are a lot of elements of this story that are, I wouldn't say necessarily open for interpretation, but 
could be interpreted depending on how you choose to view it. Let's get into the whole thing and then we'll discuss. So if we want to zoom out for a second and almost look at this through a six-month lens, we're going to date back to September 27th when Haley is on Call Her Daddy. And while she never once mentions Selena by name, it's kind of the first time she's ever really publicly spoken about the Selena element to her relationship with Justin and the fans' reaction to all of that and specifically kind of some of the negativity and the chaos that she's had to deal with and Selena has had to deal with as a result of it. Okay. Very shortly after that is when Tyrell Hampton posts the photo of Selena and Haley together at the Academy Museum Gala. And if you guys remember, we all absolutely lost our shit at that one. Like I vividly remember recording the podcast after that photo dropped, don't you? Of course. I'll never forget that moment. And I think that we all felt for like one small moment in time that like the internet could finally rest. Like there could be peace amongst the fans. Yes, it was a beautiful moment, relatively short-lived, but such is life. We then fast forward to January 7th when Haley posts a TikTok with Kendall and Justine Skye, and it was to the TikTok audio that's like, I'm not saying she deserved it, but God's timing is always right. If you were on TikTok, you know that sound. If not, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm going to put a link in the description to a TikTok with that audio so you can hear it. Anyway, after they posted this video, Selena fans started speculating that it was a response to body shaming that Selena had been receiving from these paparazzi photos that were taken of her when she was on vacation in Mexico earlier that month. So fans started posting videos about this theory and Haley commented on one of them and said, I never comment on this type of thing, but we were just having a girl's night and did a random TikTok sound for fun. It's not directed at anyone. So keep in mind then a few weeks later on February 14th, Selena commented on another fan's video about the same thing. And she said, it's okay. I don't let these things get me down. Be nice to everyone. Which I think that comment could have been taken by some people as her acknowledging or maybe even just considering the possibility that Haley's video was in fact directed at her, even after Haley had said that it wasn't. So that's all necessary context. We're now going to fast forward to the present day stuff. But I mention that because it does go to show you that this can all fall under the general umbrella of Haley and her friends doing trends on TikTok or various social media things. And really what I believe to be people on the internet taking that, hyper-focusing on it, creating something that may or may not exist. And then at times, I guess, getting it to the point where Selena feels inclined to then respond to it. Well, I think the interpretation of that video of Haley and then subsequently the other things that we are going to talk about in this section in terms of the most recent drama uh, between not necessarily even between the two of them. It's it's really not. It's it's really about the fans. But I think that when you have a video like this, which could, if you're willing to dig into it, be interpreted in a certain way, when it goes viral as that sort of an explanation on TikTok, people then take it as fact. Like it, it, there's no longer room for discussion of like, oh, maybe it could be this. It's like once somebody designates that like it's possible, I think the internet really takes it in fucking runs with it. And that's really what you're seeing here with this whole mess. Right. Which I think it does feed into the point of if you're looking for something or if you're looking for a reason, you're going to find it. You're going to be able to assign a reason to something. Meaning that was a viral sound that everybody, influencers, regular people on TikTok, celebrities were using. Yet when Haley and her friends use it, there's a narrative that can very easily be pushed if you want to believe that. And so it was successfully done, clearly to the point where Selena was receiving it enough that she felt inclined to then respond. Okay. So Selena had posted a TikTok that was kind of her admiring Bella Hadid. There's that viral TikTok audio that's like, my name, my name is Bella Hadid. And she posted one that was like, 
my name is Selena Gomez. And she was like, see, even saying it doesn't sound sexy. And in it, she said, look, I, I laminated my eyebrows too much. Okay, that's part one. Later, Kylie posted a series of Insta stories and one of them saying that was an accident, question mark, question mark, question mark, and it was on top of her eyebrows. There was another one of her and Haley FaceTiming and they were just showing their eyes and eyebrows, which keep in mind, Kylie and Kylie Cosmetics has been teasing new eye products, whether it's mascara, eyebrow, something. So this was all around that same time frame. And after she posted this, specifically the screenshot of the FaceTime with Haley, some Selena fans went wild, you know, claiming that Kylie was a mean girl and that the Insta stories were very clearly making fun of Selena. There were many fan theories posted about this, and Kylie commented on one of them on TikTok saying, This is reaching, no shade towards Selena ever, and I didn't see her eyebrow posts. You guys are making something out of nothing. This is silly. Selena then responded to Kylie's comment on that fan video saying, Agreed at Kylie Jenner, it's all unnecessary. I'm a fan of Kylie. Okay, so that's what you need to know in terms of the Selena Kylie situation. Also, just as a side note, while this whole thing is going on, North is actively posting TikToks of her and Selena's younger sister at Kim's house because North is very close friends with Selena's younger sister. As we always talk about, Hollywood is really connected. I'm sure most of you knew that, but if not, just a fun little tidbit. So then separately from all of this, there was a clip posted on TikTok from 2017 when Haley was co-hosting Drop the Mic with Method Man. And while they're co-hosting, one of the lines that Method Man says is, in a one-on-one rap battle full of the meanest lyrics about a celebrity since Taylor Swift's last album. And when he says that, Haley kind of sticks her finger in her mouth, making like a gagging motion. And Selena commented on that video, the one from a clip of 2017 that was posted just recently and said, so sorry, my best friend is and continues to be one of the best in the game. That was, of course, referring to Taylor Swift. So that's thing number one. And then the last thing, totally separately, there was a video posted by a TikTok user that was saying she was never really a fan of Selena, but after watching her have to handle, quote, mean girls coming at her throat, which was, quote, disgusting, despicable behavior from the Nepo babies, she's now a fan of hers. The Nepo babies referring to, you know, Kendall, Haley, Kylie. And Selena commented on that video to the TikTok user saying, I love you, which the internet then went fucking crazy because I think a lot of people took that I love you as almost an endorsement or an agreement with fans that these things they had been perceiving as slights by Kylie, Haley, Kendall, and crew were in fact also viewed as slights by Selena. So this is going crazy. The internet is blowing up. Twitter is absolutely losing it. And after all of this, Selena then said on a TikTok live that she would be taking a break from social media. She said, I'm going to be taking a second from social media because this is a little silly and I'm 30. I'm too old for this. That is honestly the core of it. If you want to talk about like the tangible things that have happened when it comes to comments, which as I'm even explaining it, and I feel that some of you may be having this reaction while hearing it, once you actually hear what it was in comparison to the way that it has been covered, there's just such a wild contrast between the two. Here's the thing that I'm very confused about. How did we go from Kylie herself commenting on this fan theory saying, you guys are reading into it, nothing to do with Selena, to Selena then co-signing that and saying, agreed, you know, this is silly, a fan of Kylie's, like all good here, essentially, to then commenting on a TikTok video, seemingly then validating the theory that she just said wasn't true. 
Well, I honestly think the way that all of this ended, which was Selena on her TikTok live, basically saying, you know what? I need to take a break from social media for a second. I'm 30. This is too silly. I'm too old for this, is so representative of this entire situation. Meaning we know previously Selena has not had social media on her phone. It's not been something that she's been involved in, that she's been consuming. She didn't know what people were saying and that's how she liked it. That's how she felt she was kind of maintaining peace and sanity. Clearly, that has recently changed. She's had access to it. She's been consuming the content in a different way. And I really think what we saw here is her being sucked in. It's very easy when you're seeing all these things coming at you to then get sucked in, to then want to respond, to want to comment. And I think she very quickly saw just how toxic it can really become. So I honestly think what we were seeing was her processing all of this in real time and just you know, being active on social media in a way that she hadn't typically been. Here's what I'll say about the situation. I find an incredible, almost disgusting amount of irony in fans really running with a narrative about certain people being, quote, mean girls and really, really taking that narrative and honing in on it and then spamming with like the meanest shit you've ever seen in your life. I just think you lose a lot of credibility in your point when you then turn into the same mean girls that you're claiming to hate. But that's exactly it. When these things get taken and blown out of proportion and spun into something so much larger than they could have ever been, every single person involved, Selena included, I feel like their humanity gets forgotten and they're just used as pawns in order to further prove a narrative. It's it's absolutely insane. I'm sorry. It is absolutely insane the way that people have latched onto such small things and turned them into these concrete declarations of hate. I think that that is a, a wild concept. And honestly, from the way that I see it, if you're Selena, Gomez, and you're literally one of the most famous loved people in the entire world. I think she's the most followed woman on Instagram. You've said many times that having constant access to social media is not healthy or positive for you. I think that when you then have that, I think it can be really overwhelming. She's consuming all of these things that she has consciously stopped herself from consuming in the past. You know, she's the one that would say social media she only had on her friends' phones and she didn't want to have that initial, you know, direct access to it. So I just think the whole thing gets really, really messy. And that's why when people say, what's the drama with Haley, Selena, and Kylie? It's not really with Haley, Selena, and Kylie. It's with fans going at it, then getting to the point where these people have to acknowledge it. And I think at some times really seeping into maybe their perception of the situation. Like, I think that Selena is walking away from this being like, holy shit, I got really wrapped up in that. Like, I need a minute to chill. It doesn't feel good for her either. You think that this is where she wants to be putting her energy? No way. No, I I don't think so either. And listen, I think the internet can be a really fun place. Like, I think the internet can be one of the funniest, best ways to spend your time. I also think the internet can be one of the most harmful ways to spend your time. And I think that when something like this happens and when a narrative like this takes on a life of its own, it becomes a really, really unfun place for everybody involved. I will also say, though, which I think is continues to be a really important lesson for every single celebrity across the board, I personally believe that you have a responsibility when you have a fan base that's this active and this large. No, I think so too. And that's why going back to your initial point, I was so happy to see Kylie shutting it down, Selena co-signing that, like responding directly to Kylie's comment saying, no, guys, it's nothing. I'm a fan. Like That is, to me, if you are any of these people involved, the best way to handle it because then there's no 
what what are they thinking? What could they be thinking? They have said it definitively. And if you choose to go beyond that, then you are consciously making something out of nothing. It's how do we get from that to then the comment on the fan video? I, it, I don't know. I think that honestly, it, this the whole thing could have been avoided. And I really do not think it's even remotely as big of a deal as it's being made into. Like that's that's my final stance on it. I know it's like it wants to be so juicy and it has the makings to be so juicy. We're talking about Selena Gomez, Kylie Jenner, and Haley Bieber, like literally three of the most famous people in the entire world. But I think it's a whole lot of nothing. And if they were in the same room together, it would be very calm. I really, really do. As evident by the picture taken of Selena and Haley when they were in the same room, I, I really think so also. But that's why when you really break it down, people that are not directly involved, of course they prefer the drama. Of course they prefer the chaos because more drama, more chaos is more entertainment. Of course, in the process, these people being real people is totally forgotten. But like, I think honestly, the internet doesn't want Haley and Selena to be okay because if Haley and Selena are okay, it robs them of so many opportunities to pick up on unintentional shade. So it's a direct backtracking that I think is very intentional in order to continue a narrative that honestly, I don't think either one of them wants to be involved in. Uh, completely. Listen, here is my biggest take on this whole situation that I actually think is the least controversial take that a person could have. Everybody needs to let the Selena and Justin thing go. Because here's the thing. If you're a Selena fan, you don't want Selena and Justin together. That relationship didn't serve either of them. And we have seen that time and time again, both while they were dating and in videos that have resurfaced of them and interviews that they've both done. Like that That's a thing of the past and for very good reason for the both of them. If you're a Justin fan, you just want him to be happy. And so it just feels like if we can all really understand that like things played out the way that they were meant to play out seemingly as an outsider who just isn't privy to as much as we want to believe that we are, then we can kind of just let this whole thing go. By the way, if you're a Selena fan, in what world would you want her to be with Justin? That was None. so clearly, right, that was so clearly toxic for both of them and did not serve either one of them well. I think this whole thing, honestly, the most reductive summary of it is that these are chronically online people that need to chill for a second. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. 
Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. So on last week's episode, we were talking about Magic Mike. Julie had seen it. I hadn't seen it yet. And it turned into a kind of lengthy discussion on Channing Tatum and other male celebrities who had been sexual awakenings in our teenage years. Anyway, fast forward to this week where me, Julie, and Isabel went to see Magic Mike together. And holy shit. When you said to me last week, like, Em, I'm telling you right now, that first scene with him and Selma, you are going to lose it. You guys... I fucking lost it. I have the funniest picture of Emma and Isabel literally staring at the screen, eyes bugging out of their head, hands fully covering their mouth in actual disbelief. Like, (laughs) it it is like the most treasured picture on my phone right now because (laughs) it makes me laugh so hard in a way that I both can't explain. But if you've seen the movie, you just obviously get it. I also just want to add some context to really paint the full picture of this. Number one, we saw it at the iPic. So we're in these ridiculously comfortable chairs. I have my giant glass of club soda with lemon. We have crispy rice with spicy tuna, toffee chocolate chip cookies, like all the popcorn you could want. I'm, I'm in heaven, obviously absolutely stoned as are all three of us. And I'm just sitting there, boom, Channing Tatum in the most sexual display I have ever seen gives Salma Hayek this like mouth-watering lap dance, striptease, sexual awakening. Like I was, it was an out-of-body experience. By the way, for a movie that like (laughs) the worst plot, I couldn't tell you one thing that happened, but I was taken. It was that first scene and that last scene, everything in between, it was a little bit of a blur with like a lot of Channing Tatum sharp jawline moments. But those two, it did something to me. I I can't decide if it added years to my life or took them off. I can't either. Here's what I'll say about the movie. It was like Channing Tatum, 10. Salma Hayek, 10. Chemistry between the two, 10. Wardrobe, 10. Salma Hayek being fucking rich in the movie, 10. Plot, zero. (laughs) (laughs) Zero on a good day. But by the way, perfect movie. Right. I was going to say, I did not need any plot. That was all the plot that I needed. I mean, that ending scene, which, by the way, spoiler alert, although, like, you don't need spoilers. We all we all know what happens here. He is on that stage. He surprises them, and it's raining, and he's, like, just soaking wet, uh, thrusting into this woman with this – I was, like – I don't know. It's, like, I watched that, and I forgot that I'd ever watched porn before. You know, somehow that was – 
even fully clothed, the most sexual thing I had ever seen. I mean, I wouldn't say fully clothed. Okay, not fully clothed, but I'm saying it wasn't like his dick was out. (laughs) What? You looked at me after that movie and you were like, he's my new number one. And I stand by that. And I really want to go back to the point that you made last week because it was so true when you were like, in middle school, if you were asked your number one, you for some reason weren't allowed to say Channing Tatum because it was like too obvious of a choice. And that is so true. And I'm so glad that now in 2023, I can say fully with my chest, Channing Tatum is my new number one. But can I ask you a question? Like, I'm, like, like if somebody said to you, oh, who's your biggest celebrity crush? Like, <laughs> Do you, do you think you'd feel a little weird, weird still being like Channing Tatum 100%? Like, I don't know why. It just feels like an answer that you wouldn't give or that you'd feel a little embarrassed giving. But I, I don't know why. And I don't know why that's the case. Okay, so I probably would have felt that way prior to seeing Magic Mike. But after witnessing what we witnessed, I would look anyone dead in the eyes, say Channing Tatum. And if they gave me even the slightest bit of pushback, I would swiftly pull up those clips from those scenes and say, you look at this and you tell me that I'm the one that's crazier. By the way, by swiftly pull up, she doesn't mean YouTube. She means the fact that she fucking filmed the whole movie on her phone. (laughs) You guys ever go to the movie really stoned and feel like you have to film it to like savor it? I don't know why I left that. I left that movie. I was like, Julia, I got the whole thing on video. I don't know. I, I don't know why I couldn't. I just, it was just really overwhelming. I, I, like, I feel there's a part of me that feels almost um, juvenile for having the reaction that I did because what? There's like a shirtless guy dancing. It wasn't that. It was that now in my adult life at 28 years old, I'm watching what he's doing on the screen. I'm realizing, yes, it's a fictional character, but also his moves are real. And let's take it a step further. We know, at least as the most recent reports, him and Zoe Kravitz are very much a couple. So you can transfer what you saw on screen with him and Selma Hayek or him and the dancer in the movie to potentially a version of what could go on with him and Zoe Kravitz. And I'm sorry. I think that that is like one of the sexiest visuals I could ever imagine. This is what I was saying last week. And you were laughing at me on the podcast when I said, well, you get a little glimpse into the bedroom. I know. And I fully take it back. I see you. I hear you. I validate every single thing that you were feeling. And honestly, the way that I felt about it is like, those scenes have the potential to give you the ick. If there is even one thing about the guy that is doing this super over-the-top lap dance that isn't like overwhelmingly, strikingly attractive, you could be cringing. But I was watching this and I didn't have one moment of cringe. You know, I think the lack of an ick comes from the fact that no one else could have played this role other than Channing Tatum. Like, I have to say, if I could pick one way for a guy to dress, it would be exactly how Channing Tatum was dressing throughout this movie. Like, to me, I'm like, how could I have any ick about any of this, truly? That one scene where Salma walks out of the building and he's waiting there in that black coat standing against the car, you just get that straight shot of him. It'll do something to you. I understand why you have it on video. I mean, first of all, I so understand being on an edible and taking a million pictures of a movie that you're seeing because when I saw The Lion King, like the new one that Beyonce is in, oh my God, those lions look so real and I was so fucking high. I fully thought I was on a safari. I looked at my camera roll after and I was like, why did I think that I just got back from a trip? You literally look at my camera roll and I was taking like professional shots and I was like trying to get the TV screen out of it so it looked like it was just like – 
And then I was looking, I was like, oh my God, this is the cutest lion cub I've ever seen. I can't believe I got this picture of him like snuggling with his dad. Like, I'm like, this is a fucking Lion King. I didn't do anything here. But like, okay, like, yes, but also I would so much rather that situation and have the thought that I was on this safari that I wasn't on than that I like actually had this really sexually awakening experience with Channing Tatum. Like that is such an easier thing to come down from the realization that these lions weren't in fact real than like, no, you actually didn't just get the most amazing lactids of your life from a shirtless Channing Tatum with a jawline that could like easily cut glass. Let me tell you something. You may think that, but coming down from a high and realizing that Channing Tatum isn't giving you a lap dance is easier to comprehend than coming down from a high and realizing that Beyonce isn't a lion. (laughs) Yep. Okay. (laughs) I rest my case. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their bestseller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest hundred percent organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowlin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BowlinBranch.com. That's Bowlin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, so as we all know, Paris Hilton and her husband, Carter Reem, recently welcomed a baby boy. But on Paris's podcast, This Is Paris, she released this 11-minute episode where she said that no one, not a single soul, not one member of her or Carter's family, that includes her mother, Kathy Hilton, knew about the fact that the baby was born until he was a week old, which like I totally get and respect for her. And as she was speaking, it made so much sense to me. I'm just looking at it from the aspect of like, if you have at all consumed Kathy Hilton content specifically on Paris' show, Paris in Love, and seen the way that she even just approached the wedding planning process, 
I cannot imagine what that was like when she found out that she had no idea about any aspect of this journey until the baby was a week old. Like, I fully get it from Paris's side, but I feel like Kathy must have fucking lost it. Don't you? Duh. You know who I feel like <laughs> the happiest for in this whole situation? I feel like if you're a friend of Paris Hilton's and you've ever said to her, like, I have a secret, I just please don't tell anybody, you can take so much security in knowing that that girl kept that secret with her life. She is taking that to the grave. That is the best secret keeper we have on this planet right now. But imagine Kathy Hilton calling up on a group call, Chris Jenner and Faye Resnick, and being like, you guys are not going to believe what just happened. I can't get that visual out of my head. I cannot get the visual out of my head of Paris Hilton showing up with a one-week-old baby after not telling her mother or sister or anybody that the surrogate was pregnant and that they were going to be having a baby and then literally showing up with a one-week-old. That is, I'm sorry, I almost want to do that for the bit. I'll tell you though, if you watched Paris in Love, I think you will agree with this. Probably the best fucking day of Carter's life <laughs> looking at Kathy and being like, yeah, I have known about this actually for the last nine months and one week and you did it. Like, I think that he, it, it, I don't mean this in at all a malicious way. Like, obviously he's thrilled to be in that family, but I think he realizes what he's up against. And so in a way to maintain that control with Paris and have something that was really just theirs was probably a feeling he welcomed. That's the vibe that I got from watching the show. Do you agree with that? Oh, yes. And you know who else yeah. would really agree with that? Isabel. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's just wild. Like, there's really nothing else to say on it. The podcast episode is seriously 11 minutes. You can totally listen. I just – I don't know. I felt like I needed to discuss that fact with someone. I actually didn't even know about it until someone DM'd us and was like, you guys need to listen. And we did. And we were like, holy shit. By the way, I don't know what happened first, Paris telling Kim or Kathy telling Chris, who then told Kim. But like, imagine Kim's reaction to all of this. Well, what's interesting is that Paris spoke about the fact that when they were deciding to do a surrogacy or when they were looking into it as an option – she had spoken to Kim about her experience with it, which is really funny because I think we've seen a lot of people come out. Like Adrian Bailone just recently came out and said that she spoke to Kim about it. And, and Kim seems to really be that go-to person for people. I know that Adrian Bailone spoke about the fact that she really set her up with like the best lawyers and the and the agency that she used and, and, and everything. So it makes sense to me that Paris obviously went to Kim as well. What would be really fucking crazy and really full circle for their relationship and not at all surprising to me is if Kim was actually the only person who knew about this. I was hoping that Paris was going to say this because the thing that we have learned is that like Kim is one of the best secret keepers in Hollywood. But I just think she would never live it down if Kim knew before Kathy. Like I think her and Carter really made that promise to one another. They are not going to tell a soul and they did not tell a soul. Because if she was going to tell one person, it would have been Nikki. It would have been Nikki. Although I could understand it being Kim from the surrogacy angle. And I I think it's a lot easier for Kim to keep it a secret. I think it's really unfair to tell your sister and then say, okay, but you can't tell mom. That's really difficult. I also think that if there was any chance where Kim did know about it, Paris is never admitting. Paris would never do that to Nikki and Kathy. She would never, ever, ever let them know that somebody who wasn't family knew and they didn't. But – it wouldn't surprise me at all if secretly that was the case. 
Imagine if Kim knew. Kim told Chris, swore her to secrecy. When Kathy Hilton then calls Chris to tell her, Chris has to act surprised as if she didn't just already have the gift from her meds like on the way. That is a wild thing to think about. Em, that is truly something else. <laughs> So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Okay, so in terms of the Kardashian recap, first of all, Kim and Mariah Carey dancing with their kids on TikTok, it's just like in Kim's foyer, is just not something I saw coming, but I am so deeply here for it. How do you think that happens? I don't know. I guess North and Mariah's daughter are friends. But I mean, really, like the whole thing coming together, it's like so funny because it could be as innocent as North and Monroe having a play date, wanting to do this viral trend and then like saying to each other, like, we should get our moms to do it or or the moms overhearing them planning it and saying that it would be such a good idea. Or... It could be as calculated as Kim calling Mariah and saying, like, I have a fucking amazing idea. I really think it's the former. And I know, I know, like, everything that Kardashians do is calculated. But I I think with this particular thing, Kim has so much going on. She doesn't need Mariah coming over to film one TikTok. Like, I just don't think that's what was happening. I think that Monroe and North were having a play date. Mariah came over and they were doing it anyway. So Kim was probably the one that was like, yeah, let's do this. Like Kim's always in it for the content. She's always in it for the moment. She's always in it for the virality. But I don't think that it was something that she planned. And then North and Monroe like came as a second thought. It's just like, it's it's so amazing. Like, it's just amazing content. Oh, it's the best. And I don't think that's how it went down either, but it's one of those things where, like, you never really know. Like, if it was the case, could you be that surprised? No, I wouldn't at all. I just feel like in the middle of Milan Fashion Week and her launching Skim Swim, doing a 10-second TikTok with Mariah Carey in her foyer you know, in sweatpants with their kids, like isn't her number one priority. I really feel like it was more something that happened as a result of their very famous kid friend group. And like, of course, Kim knows how much of an icon Mariah is. So she was more than happy to do it. I just think the whole thing is hilarious. I mean, it really is. Can I say one thing about Kim and Milan for Fashion Week? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why, because it's been so many years of this and it shouldn't surprise me. But when Kim is standing at her balcony and everybody is surrounding her, cheering for her in Milan, I'm like, I still can't believe this sometimes. 
I know I so understand what you mean. And there was one video, I think it was when she was in the snakeskin dress where she's getting out of the car and it's just a mob. Like there are so many people. And Chris Appleton is holding up like his jacket or or like a fabric shield or something and kind of just walking with her. Of course, they have security surrounding them. And I was thinking when watching that video, I'll put the link in the description for anyone who didn't see it. Like I know we always talk about the bond that Kim and everyone feels to their glam squads for so many reasons. Like one, because they are the people that are responsible for making you look the way that you want to look in front of the world, but also like the the sanity and the safety, not physical security. Like of course she has actual security around her that those core members of her team provide her in those moments of pure chaos is like incomparable. Like I think that they're, I, I know it's like a bizarre point to go off of what you just said, but I really do think that the bond that she has with her inner team, like Mario, Chris, and Danny, and of course, Tracy is one of the closest that anyone in Hollywood could possibly have to their glam teams because it's in those moments that they are connected amidst just fucking chaos. I so completely agree. I really, I think you're a hundred percent right about that. It's so intense. It's really true that you're either born for it or you're not. And you have to know yourself because I don't know about you guys. I see that video and I like can't help it. I have a visceral reaction. Like my my body starts to get hot of just imagining what that would be like. I, I actually think that's my worst nightmare. Yeah, I can tell you I am certainly not even close to being born for it at all. But if you are like, I really, it's so funny to say because I think that years ago like the idea of saying like I really respect somebody that wants fame would have been the craziest thing that you could say because it's like what do you mean you respect them like every who doesn't want fame kind of a thing or like they're not doing anything I guess necessarily quote-unquote brave by wanting it but to see the way that the internet reacts to fame or how cruel people can be or just like the mayhem that it can cause if you look at that and you really seek that out I don't know if I can necessarily use the word respect, but it's definitely something that mirrors that because I know so deeply I couldn't handle it. And I think if you know yourself well enough to say, not only could I handle that, but I would actually enjoy that, then like all the power to you in the world. Oh, totally. Totally. That's why different strokes for different folks. I mean, that's what makes the world go around. It's not me. It could never be me. But like, if it's you, I, I applaud it. I also want to talk about Kylie in Vanity Fair, Italy. Just a few questions that like, if you're listening to the section you care about, she was asked, there are five sisters. Which one is your favorite? And she said, it changes over time. Right now it's Kim. Side note, didn't you feel so good that like you knew that was going to be the answer, even though historically you would have probably said Chloe, based on the recent content we've received, we both could have said that it was Kim. I know based on recent content, I would have said Kim, but Kim feels very of the moment where to me, I'm like, you got it. You got to know that Chloe's trending higher overall, but I guess right now she's in such a Kim phase. I was surprised that she didn't say Chloe because that's what I would have expected. Although in retrospect, how surprised could I really be? You're right. Well, specifically because she said right now, it's, it's she kind of like pulled a Kris Jenner of when she's asked her favorite kids and she said, well, it depends on the day. Today it's X. That's what she was doing. But I 100% you could get the vibe that it's Kim. And then they said, how come? And she said, Kim has changed so much recently. We're very connected. She's always the first sister I call when I need something. We've been going through a lot of similar experiences lately. Interesting. She then said, which sister, on the other hand, do you have the least in common with? She said, Kendall. Without a doubt, Kendall. You know what they say, though. Opposites attract, and that's how it works with us. It's true. They are so deeply opposite. 
Do you think they're the most different out of all of the siblings from each other? I think Courtney and Kim are pretty different. Yeah. I think so too. I would say Courtney and Kim are the most different. I don't know though. Kylie and Oh, Kim and Rob are pretty different. (laughs) Well, I wasn't including Rob. I'm just talking in terms of the sisters. I mean, the thing about Kylie and Kendall is that they were, of course, brought up the most similarly if you're comparing them to any of the other sisters. But I just think the way that they choose to lead their lives and the things that they prioritize are really so different. Oh, definitely. I mean, that was not at all a surprising answer. Like, of course, to your average person, 99% of people, you look at the life that Kendall leads and it's wildly extravagant. It's so luxurious. You know, she's having experiences most people can never even dream of. Yet I think she looks at Kylie and is like, this bitch is crazy. Here's what I would say to Kylie in this interview. I would say, let's amend things. I think you and Kim are the most alike. Chloe's probably your favorite. Yes, you should say that to Kylie directly. They then said, what's one thing you've learned from each of your sisters? And she said, so let's see. Chloe taught me tenderness and the ability to forgive. Kendall, the importance of friendship and unconditional love. Courtney, the value of health and the need to not be superficial. Kim, strength and the ability to always tell yourself that you can do it, come what may. Kim is really strong, really resilient. I think what she says in terms of like we're going through similar experiences recently, I've now come – a long way from my initial thought. And I do think that her and Travis broke up, at least for the moment. And I think that this time it felt different than it had previously. And she was maybe leaning on Kim in terms of like finding that inner strength. That's just an idea. I think so too. So much. I mean, (laughs) I could talk about these four answers for easily 45 minutes. I know no one wants to hear that, but I, I just want you to know that I could. Guess what? We got a morning walk tomorrow where we can go through all of them with each other. <laughs> okay, well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. We'll be back later this week for the bonus show, which is Bora Bora continued. Can always get into that. And Isabel and I will see you for Bravo. We love you guys. Thank you. Bye.